Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Man, get your Bibles open to Daniel chapter 12. I've been talking about the perfection of God. I talked about God's amazing grace and love. And then Sunday, I talked about his amazing mercy. Tonight, I want to talk about his perfect, I meant perfect, his perfect prophetic word. How many believe God's word is perfect? If you don't believe that, you're in the wrong place. Because we believe every word from Genesis to Revelation is God's 66 books written by God, inspired by God, and the word of God is prophetic. So God's perfect, not just prophetic, but perfect prophetic word. Before we read Daniel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something pretty cool tonight, pretty powerful, pretty awesome, that I think is going to encourage your faith. How many like your faith to be encouraged? How many believe that God's word is true? How many would like to leave believing even more that God's word is true? I want to show you some things in the scriptures that are so amazing that show us not only the times that we're living in, but how perfect God's vision is to the future, and nothing happens by chance. For example... In the book of Deuteronomy, it mentions when someone gives a prophetic word, we know they're a real prophet or a fake prophet if it comes to pass. So when someone, uh, by the way, if somebody calls themselves a prophet, walk away from them. Okay, anybody who self-proclaims and walks up and says, hi, I'm Prophet Blake, say hi, bye-bye, and don't even shake their hand. Okay, because people who are prophetic, people who are apostles, don't proclaim their ministry. Other people do. And when they speak something, it becomes a real thing and it comes to pass. Otherwise, it's a false prophecy. And then we get into the, the prophecies of the Bible. If you think about Second Peter, the Bible says that we spoke these prophecies not we, we, as being human beings, but not of our own power, but we wrote every word as God spoke it. Okay? So everything in this Bible is prophecy. And I have this later in my notes, but I'm going to say it now. This is pretty amazing. A lot of people don't know this. 27% of the Bible, how many are good enough at math to know what that is? That's one-fourth. Even I can get that, amen? 27% of the Bible is prophetic, meaning one out of every four verses is prophecy. In other words, it's a futuristic event. Now, there's about 1,800 1,800 prophecies in the Bible. How many would say that's a lot? 1,800 prophecies in the Bible, and about half of them have already been fulfilled. And let me tell you how they've been fulfilled. Exactly, somebody say exactly, to the letter exactly perfectly how God said it. Okay? And and as I get into this for a second, I, I like to use this as an example. For example, in the book of Micah, you can look at all this later, in the book of Micah, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born from what city? Where was, where was Jesus born? Shout out if you know where Jesus was born. Bethlehem. Is, was Jesus from Bethlehem? Where was Jesus from? Nazareth. And, and so it's interesting that thousands of years before Jesus came to the earth, he not only prophesied that he would be from Nazareth, but that he would be born in Bethlehem. So everything about Jesus when he came to this earth was prophesied, meaning it was spoken by God to a man, 
and that man wrote it down under the fear of God and the authority of God, and, and we know that his word is true because it came to pass. Okay? Many people have tried to predict. Many people have tried to prophesy. Many people have tried to say God said this or God said that. But God's word never lies because his word is perfect. How many believe that tonight? So let's look at the book of Daniel. And I want to focus on one specific thing tonight that is pretty amazing that all of us will be able to relate to, especially if you're younger. The younger you are in here tonight, as teenagers and young people, you're going to relate to it even more than the older people. And you'll understand why in a minute. So Daniel is written a thousand years before Jesus comes on to the earth. Okay, and, and as he's writing these things, can you imagine being the person writing and writing things down that you're seeing, but you don't understand? So he writes this prophecy, and, and if you haven't read the book of Daniel, you should. Sometimes it's hard to understand, but I was thinking today, I want to give you something pretty powerful. I think this is going to help you. How many have a car? How many have a vehicle? And how many get from point A to point B with that vehicle? Now, how many of you in here have an understanding of engines? Okay, very few. And you notice I'm not raising my hand. I understand where the engine is. I understand what the engine does. But there's a whole lot of intricate parts inside that engine that I don't understand. But that car is still powerful. It still gets me from point A to point B. we got to understand, sometimes God's word is like that. We, can't, we don't understand it all, but we know it works. That truck turns on. That car turns on. It goes where it's supposed to go. It does what it's supposed to do. We don't understand all the moving parts. And even people who are mechanics sometimes don't understand all the moving parts. But it works. We don't always understand everything about God's word, but it works. And obviously, the more you study out, the more it makes sense. So Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up. He's the, he's the angel. That great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. How many have heard me say over and over again, Jacob's trouble? That's what this is talking about. This is the time of the tribulation. Such as never was since there was a nation. So how many remember when Jesus said, there's coming a time on this earth of tribulation that's never been before and never will be again? He was quoting Daniel, or Daniel was prophesying Jesus' words. They go both, back both ways. Even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Who's the people? The Jewish nation. And I love this. This ought to give us some comfort tonight. Everyone who is found written in the book. How many tonight have your name in the book? Amen? And if you don't, the good news is you can have it by the time the service is over. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So here he is prophesying a futuristic event that is called the great white throne judgment or the judgment seat of Christ. It's two different ones. He's prophesying a futuristic event that everyone, somebody say everyone, is going to participate in. Have you ever noticed that some people think they have a choice of if they're going to live forever? Have you ever met someone that thinks they have a choice? We don't have a choice if we're going to live forever. God didn't give us that choice. He just gave us a choice where. Okay? And whether you believe it or not, it's the truth. And how many are thankful tonight that when we wake up out of our sleep, if we die before Jesus comes back, we're going to go to everlasting life. Is anybody thankful for that tonight? Really thankful. 
that that's where we're heading, to everlasting life, not everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness, those who go out in outreach, those who pass out Jesus cards, he who wins souls is wise like the stars forever and ever. And the key to this one is, is verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run. This is the key. If you're taking notes, underline this part. Highlight this part. Write this down in your notes. This is the key to tonight's message. Many shall run to and fro. Because right here is a prophetic word that I want to focus on tonight. And I want to I bring current events into it to show you how real God's word is and how perfect it is. Okay? Many shall run to and fro. So remember that. People are going to be going places. And knowledge shall increase. Okay, let me read that one more time. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So if you want to write down in your notes, travel and technology. Travel and technology are two very big keys of God's prophetic word that shows us that this would happen in, in, in the end of times. So I told you already, one out of every four scriptures of the Bible is predictive or prophetic. And half of them have come to true. Now, I want to talk about travel for a second. How many remember in the Bible that you would be reading and it would say a day's journey? Everybody remember that? So just ring a bell. Many times it would say it was a day's journey away. How many know thousands of years ago they didn't have cars? They didn't have um, the thing. They didn't even have carriages yet. They didn't have a, the things with wheels yet. There's a lot of things they didn't have. They, they would walk. Sometimes they would ride animals. But most of the time they would walk. That's probably why they lived so long, because they walked everywhere. And a day's journey, this is biblical scientific proof, would be about 20 to 25 miles. Now, from here to 25 miles is where my parents live. In Louisville, if you know Louisville, as you're going down 35, you get to Louisville, to Main Street. That's about 25 miles from here. How many of you, being honest, think you could walk to Louisville in a day. Look, no one here can even do it. You might try, okay? But in, that just goes to show we don't walk very far, okay? And so that was a daily thing. It's a day's journey away. If it was two days, three days, so every, you, you know if something was 50 miles away, that was a couple days journey. That's how they did things. That's how they got around. So you think about travel. Now, think about how much things have changed. Another part of that is, 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 is if you had some mules, it says three people could get on two mules and travel from Bethlehem to Gebeah, which was about 10 miles, in an afternoon. So from noon to 6 p.m. or so, in about half a day, you could get about 10 miles, probably from here down to, to uh, the middle of Denton, and you could get that far in about a half a day traveling. Okay, So that takes a while to get places. Now, fast forward to today, where you can go in a day's journey, which would be a day, from here, New York City, to Singapore, which is 9,500 miles away in 18 hours. What a difference. How many see the difference? Major difference from walking 25 miles in a day to 9,500 miles in 18 hours. That is the longest trip in the world. That's the longest flight 
New York to Singapore. And it takes about 18 and a half hours. How many have ever been on a plane for a long time? Traveled a long distance. The longest, I'm right up there, probably in the 75 percentile. Kristen and I flew from here to Dubai one time, and it was a 16-hour flight, which was about 16 hours too much. Amen? And we did it both ways. And so some, some, some people have never even been in a plane, I've found out, and that's pretty crazy. But if you've ever flown, you realize there is some serious Daniel chapter 12 coming to life when you see the technology of how we've gone from walking 25 miles in a day to going 9,500 miles in a day, right? So you see the increase in technology. So listen to this. Back in the 1980s, there was a man who came up with a thing that I remember very vividly when I got saved called the, the double curve, the double knowledge curve. And basically, they looked back at the old centuries about what, what was known. How many know that there's information known today, which is called science and technology and, and, and knowledge? And everything we knew in the world would, would slowly grow. And, and, and this, this should give some really validity to, 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 how the, to the power of the gospel getting to us today. That we're so far away and the gospel is here today, right? That it traveled so far. But the knowledge that was known, for example, in 1900, which is a thousand or 100 years ago, until 1900, at 1800, at 1700, at six, pretty much every 100 years, what they knew would double. So everything they knew that at 1800, by the time 1900 came, they would have twice as much information. Y'all following me on that? So every 100 years. And that stayed like that for a long time. Right around World War II, it started to increase which is about 100 years ago, and, and maybe a little less. And at that time, it began to increase to where every 25 years, everything they knew would double. Okay? So it went from 100 years to 25 years. Then you get into the 2000s, the 90s and 2000s, and it got to where it was taking about two years for knowledge to double. Then back in 2013, it got down to 12 months. So everything we know today in 2013, which was 10 years ago, would double in a year. That's a lot of information. From 100 years to a year. Today, the day we're living in, as you look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, where knowledge would increase more than anything tonight, church, I want you to understand how real God's word is. Today, they say, and I looked at many different places to get a common denominator, they say that knowledge now is increasing sometimes at a daily rate. Everything the world knows today will be doubled tomorrow. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, I didn't make these stats up. I'm just trying to show you how knowledge is increasing, technology is increasing. And I want to show you a really cool prophecy in the Bible that could not have happened until today, the day that we're living in, for two reasons. One, to show you that we're living in the end times like we're always talking about, that we're watching and looking for Jesus to come back and knowing the times we're living in. But, but more than that tonight, I want you to see and understand and know how real and perfect God's word is. That there are things were said that could not have come to pass if it wasn't for God's word being perfect. Now look at Numbers 23, 19. I'm going to put it up on the screen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, will he not do it? Has, he has spoken, will he not make it 
good. Take that to the bank. Everything God says, He will do. God doesn't lie, and as I said, I think on Wednesday or Sunday, God doesn't change His mind. God doesn't change. God is perfect, and He doesn't lie. And so if He says, if there's something in this book that says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Amen? And we can believe it, and we can know it. So this gives us faith. What does the Bible say? Faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. So our faith is increased as we read God's Word. So let me, let me, let me tell you, we're going to go to Revelation. Go, just go to Revelation. I'll tell you the chapter in a second. So here's the question I have for you tonight that I'll, I answer for myself. If God has already fulfilled half of 1,800 prophecies to the T, to the I, to perfection, how many believe that he's going to fulfill the other ones exactly the way he fulfilled the first ones? Everything he said is going to happen. In other words, like we talk about, if, if, he, if, he, if he died on that cross and was the perfect Lamb of God and, 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 and didn't have his bones broken and was born in Bethlehem and all these different things that he fulfilled, and then he ascended into heaven, we know that if he did all that perfectly, he's going to come back again perfectly. He's going to set up his millennial reign perfectly. He's going to judge perfectly. He's going to fulfill everything he said in his word perfectly. Amen? How many are thankful we serve a perfect God tonight? He can heal perfect. He can deliver perfect. He can set free perfect. He's perfect. We're not. He is. Thank the Lord. We just got to stop sometimes and say, thank you, Lord, for not being man. That you should lie. Amen? Now, how many tonight have a cell phone? I can ask you to pull it out. Raise your hand if you have a cell phone. Raise it and keep it up. Only people we're going to see that don't have them are very young teenagers or young kids, okay? And good for you, okay, if you don't have one yet. And if you don't have one yet, let me just throw this, this in as a parent. You don't need one yet. Parents, wait as long as you can, okay? But how many know we all have phones? And how many know tonight we can't live without our phones? We can literally leave, leave our head in the house, but not forget our cell phone. Amen? And now we know today that obviously life is set up to where everything functions through that. Today you can pay with your phone. You can do everything with your phone. You can check in. You can check out. You can open your door. I got that thing on my door. I can open my door from my phone. I can lock my door from my phone. But the problem is sometimes they reset on you and you put your code in and it says, no worky. And then you're stuck outside. And then you're thankful you left the back door open. Amen? So technology can fail. God doesn't fail. But listen to this. This is pretty amazing. Think about, as you've heard me say, as I, as I just kind of lead up to this powerful prophecy, think about how I've talked about when I met Carla 30 years ago, there was no Internet. I know that makes me a dinosaur. I know some of you people can't even fathom that. There was no Internet yet. Can you imagine that? Can y'all imagine no internet? And so we wrote letters to each other. And, and I've told before, I've said before, for anybody that's new, we, we were apart for four months, and we only read, wrote about three letters. Because it literally took like a month for a letter to get to each other from here to Costa Rica. And by the time we got the letter, we had changed our mind on everything we'd said. Like, you know, you know a lot of things change in a month, you know. And so it was, we were back there, and, the, and just this thing, that seems, that's 30 years isn't that long ago. 
But look, look at the increase of knowledge in 30 years. And now look at how much it's increased in the last five, last year, right? So here's an amazing stat. There's about, I think, 8 billion, I'm just going to call it 8, maybe a little over, probably over, people in the world, right? You will be blown away to know that 7, listen, 7 billion people in the world have a smartphone. 85% of the world has a, not, not a cell phone, a smartphone. Meaning you can have internet and you can look at the news and you have a browser and all that stuff. How many know the difference between a phone and a smartphone? So with that said, there's a prophecy in Revelation that I want to read that I, I guarantee you some of you have never read. And if you have, you might have passed over. Ray was kind of mentioning at the prayer. And you, we missed pretty amazing things, okay? But as we go to read this, I want you to think, this prophecy that I'm going to read could never have happened, not even in the last 20 or 30 years, but it could have never happened until even just now. Okay, now it's a futuristic event that could happen now. Okay, how many here have heard, I'm going to ask where we're at, of the two witnesses of Revelation? Raise your hand if you know who the two witnesses of are of Revelation. Okay, how many know the story of the two witnesses? Pretty good. Keep, put your hand up. Okay, I knew that would kind of go down. That's okay, and it's good, because I'm going to teach you, show you something cool. Revelation 11, we're going to pick up in verse 3. Now, this is a prophetic event, right? This is a futuristic event that is going to happen during the tribulation. But watch, I want to show you something pretty amazing. And again, I'm saying this to increase our faith, to understand that God's perfect prophetic word is going to come to pass, okay? I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days. That's exactly three and a half years. Clothed in sackcloth. These are two olive, uh, the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. Now, most theologians, and I don't consider myself one, but most, you know, there's a general consensus, believe that the two witnesses are, for sure, Elijah. No one argues about that. And then some say Moses. And some say Enoch. I personally, just in my own fun opinion, lean more towards Enoch because he never died. Those two men never died. But lots of people say Moses because Elijah and Moses were on the Mount of Transfiguration. Whoever it is, it's actually two men that are going to stand on this earth during the tribulation and they're going to be two witnesses for God. And remember how I tell you all the time that we're going to see that we're not going to see it, but there's going to be the greatest move of God this world's ever seen during the tribulation. It's going to be the most horrible time of the, of the, of the earth, but it's also going to be a move of God because these two witnesses are going to stand in Jerusalem and they're going to preach the gospel. And they're going to do miracles. Okay, And they're going to tell people about Jesus. And they're going to come on the scene, I believe, very quickly when the tribulation starts and when they make the peace treaty and the, and the Jews begin to build the temple. Because I believe they're going to protect the temple building. Have you ever, I, I, have you ever thought about how, how are they going to, obviously it's God, but how are they going to keep that temple from being destroyed? You know the Muslims and different people are going to want to destroy it or just the Antichrist or whatever. How are they going to build that temple? Well, the two, two, two witnesses are going to be there. The Bible says for three and a half years. Now let's keep reading. This is so cool. If, this is better, by the way, than any movie. Okay? Everything that the movies do, they stole it from the Bible. 
If anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. You ever heard of the word untouchables? These men are untouchable. And if anyone wants to harm them, look at this. The Bible is actually saying, if you believe the literal Bible, if someone does something to them to try to harm them, they will die of it. So in other words, if someone tries to shoot a missile from another country, that missile will turn and kill them. If someone tries to shoot them, that bullet will shoot them. I'm telling you, it's better than any movie. Are you all reading this with me? If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. Now watch this. Keep reading. Though These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with plagues. They are going to be a pain in the rear for the world. Okay? And, and think about this. I think we're going to read it, but I'm thinking about this right now. How many know today uh, there's a lot of, the animals are great, but there's a lot of people who love animals more than people. Right? Like PETA. Can y'all imagine what it's going to be like during the tribulation when they, the Jews start sacrificing animals again? Can you imagine what PETA's going to do? Just think about that. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? And so everybody's going to hate these guys more. If they think they hate the church now, they're really going to hate. They're going to be a pain to everybody's behind in this world, okay? And it says, and they have, wait, go back. I don't think I finished that. Did I? Okay, they'll, they'll have the power to strike those with plagues as often as they desire. And if it was me, it'd be a lot. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war with them, watch this, overcome them and kill them. Now, this is, the, this is what I want you to see. This is amazing. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. That's Jerusalem, where the Lord was crucified. And then those from the peoples, t- tribes, tongues, and nations, watch this, will what? See their dead bodies for three and a half days. Now, how, now here's what I, I just want to, this is all for this right here, to focus right here. When in history could this prophecy have been fulfilled but now? When 85% of the human race has a smartphone. It says, it doesn't say the people around them will see this. It says those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations. In other words, the entire world will see these two men Dead on the street. Are y'all with me? Y'all reading the same? I'm, this is the Bible, right? I'm not making this up. This is going to happen. This, or if you don't believe it's going to happen, then what else don't you believe? If you're going to believe, you got to believe it all. Right? How many know there's some things in the Bible we would have done different? We'd have said it different, done it different, but we're not God. So you can't pick and choose what you want to believe. You can't pick and choose what's real and what's not. This is going to happen. Okay? And it's going to happen because God is going to use these two witnesses. And, and once again, the world's going to think that they have defeated the God people. So, they're going to, so let me go back one verse real quick. As I close on this, I want you to see this again. 
Their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city. So in other words, God's going to allow them to die. Because you see, for three and a half years, everything they try to do backfires on them. There's going to be a rage, right? And by the way, we're not going to be here to see this part. I'm not going to lie. This is, I, I'd like to see this from heaven. I hope God lets us see this part. This is pretty cool. But we're not going to be on the earth when this happens, unless you want to be. If you want to be on the earth when this happens, be my guest. Okay? But we're not going to be here, but... It says that God's going to all of a sudden let them die, and their, their, their dead bodies are going to lay there. In other words, they're not going to bury them. They're going to be so mad at these people, so frustrated at these people, so sick of these people, that they're going to leave their bodies on the street. So as a, as a, as a, as a mockery, as a, as, a, as a trophy that we've defeated God. Y'all with me? Now go to the next verse. And, and then it says, Then those peoples will see him and not, watch this, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry, and look at this, send gifts to one another. You know you've lived a righteous life when people are sending gifts in your death. They're not sending it because they're, they're glad, that they're, they're sad you died. They're glad you died. They're going to be sending gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Don't go to the next verse yet. Y'all with me? Isn't this a cool event? Isn't this amazing? This is something that all the way back in Daniel, he says, knowledge will increase. People will be going to and fro. I believe people will be getting on planes and flying over there to see it. They could never do that. They'll want to go see it. They'll, they'll be coming from all over the place. But if they don't fly, they just will see it on their phone. How many have ever, how many, here's a good example of this in our lifetime. Lately, we've seen Queen Elizabeth, we've seen presidents, Billy Graham. They call it lying in estate or state. Which one is it called? Lying in, what do they call that? Estate? Is that what it's right? Lying in estate, I think it's called. And, and, they, and they put their coffin there, and like Billy Graham and some popes and the queen, they put them in the, sometimes in the White House, and people come from all over the world and walk around their body, right? We've seen that. That's what they're going to do with these men, and they're going to be so glad that they've gotten rid of these two men who have been such a pain for them. And then it says, they'll make merry, they'll... Go. They'll make merry, they'll send gifts, because these two prophets torment. Okay, next verse. And now, after, and here's the cool, even cooler part. After three and a half days, the breath of life from God enters them. And they stand on their feet. Now all these people who have been watching on the phone and standing there mocking them, they're going to stand up in the power of God and rise from the dead publicly on TV with all the smartphones in the world watching. Church, this event never could have happened until right now. Isn't that amazing that we're living in the generation that has the technology and the knowledge to see this? And how, what, was, what was he thinking in John the Revelators? He's explaining this and he's writing it down like, what in the world is going on here? This is crazy. But he just wrote what the Lord told him. 
Now, here's the question. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? You have to. If you're a believer, you have to believe everything. This is going to happen. And again, I don't believe we're going to, as the church, going to be here to witness it. But the world's going to witness this. This is a futuristic event that now can take place. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice. And listen, this is awesome because this is another picture of the rapture. They heard a loud voice coming from heaven, which is Revelation 4, come up here. They're gonna, the world's going to hear an audible voice that says, come up here, and they're going to ascend into heaven in a cloud just like Jesus did, and their enemies are going to see them. Amen. And in that same hour, now the thing that's interesting is this is saying there was, hasn't happened yet, but this is a futuristic event speaking as if it had happened. And there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. And in the earthquake, and this is what I love about God's Word. It's so specific. It doesn't say some people died. It said 7,000 people. Ray mentioned 185,000 men died from the Assyrian army. God is a God of numbers. He's a God of perfection. He's a God of perfecting and fulfilling His Word. Amen? How, how, how many are excited about that? Not, not that people are going to die, but that his word's going to be fulfilled. And the rest were afraid, and here's the key, and gave glory to the God of heaven. Amen? Everything that happens is for people to have a chance to, to, to shun God or give God glory. Amen. So, church, I want, you to, I want you to think about this tonight. As we know that every day we're watching and looking for Jesus, that you can take it down. As, as we're reading this scripture, this should elevate our faith to know that if he said those things, then they're going to happen. And he testified, he prophesied that technology was going to be here for the whole world to see this event. That, that what he says about healing is true. What he says about restoration is true. What he says about mercy is true. What he says about grace is true. What he says about him coming back again is true. What about he says about being a just God is true. Everything is perfect and prophetic. And church, we're going to win in the end. How many are thankful once again that your names are in the book of life? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for your powerful word and, Lord, your prophetic, perfect word. Lord, we, we read these books of the Bible and we see these futuristic events. And, Lord, we know that you're going to fulfill every single prophecy as you have been and you already have and you will continue to do. Lord, I cannot speak for anyone else here, but I am encouraged tonight to know that you're the God of perfection. You're the God of prophecy. You're the God who fulfills his word. Lord, just as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in one day, you said in the, in the Old Testament, can a nation be born in one day? And Israel was born in one day in 1948. Lord, can, can, a, can a nation defeat six nations? And, and in 1967, Israel defeated six nations in a six-day war. Can David defeat Goliath? David defeated Goliath. Can Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go into a fire and come out unscathed and un unburnt and not even smell like fire? 
Can Daniel go into a lion's den of hungry lions and the next day be perfectly good? Yes, because your word is perfect and your promises are perfect and your word is yes and amen. Lord, I thank you that we can see today, Lord, the the word of God coming alive. Tonight all over this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, those watching online, listening on the podcast, how many more times, how many more days are you going to wait to surrender to Jesus? How many more messages are you going to hear before you say, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm I'm choosing today to to give my life to you because you don't know what tomorrow brings. There's no promise of tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. I'm standing here as a messenger telling you, Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus wants to give you a new life. Jesus wants to resurrect that old dead person in you and give you a new life and make you a new creation. How many could say, Pastor, tonight I want to be born again. Just quickly lift up your hand and say, pray for me. I want to be born again all over this place. Just lift it up, put it down quickly all over. How many? How many? I don't know Jesus. I'm not saved. Young person, teenager, person who's playing religious, playing, playing games, don't play games with God. He, he loves you, but he wants you to take him serious tonight. He wants you to put your, your whole faith in him and believe every word of his, of his Bible, of, of his word to you. How many tonight, you're, you're not in a good place. You're cold. You're lukewarm. Your faith is attacked. Your your faith is weak. Your faith is is down. And tonight you need to re-resurrect your faith. You say, Lord, I heard this story and it shows me that you're going to fulfill everything you say. Your word is true. We're seeing this technology increase. That means that time is near. And we've got to work like we've never worked before. How many could honestly before God say you're talking to me tonight. I need to change some things. Just put your hand up and put it back down. God knows. Amen. God sees your heart. Change that tonight. You that raise your hand, change it tonight. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been falling short. I'm sorry I haven't been doing what I know I should do, living the way I know I should live. How many in here tonight could, could be honest with God and say, God, I can do more. I can do more for your kingdom. I can be more busy, more involved, more more prayerful. I can, be, I can witness more. I can step out of my comfort zone and think more about other people. I can give more. I can pray more. I can go more. I can do more. Whatever the Lord challenges you tonight, do it. Do it to the best of your ability. And understand that you're a part of the greatest force in the entire world. We're a part of the force, the kingdom of God. And, and the, this is a powerful entity. This is the greatest entity in the world. It's the greatest place in the world. God's church. God's local church. Let's stand tonight. Amen. I hope you're encouraged in your faith. How many have faith tonight? That God is in control. His will is perfect. His plan is perfect. His purpose is perfect. He's got people right now waiting for you to talk to tomorrow. Amen. He's going to give you opportunities to witness. You know, God can... Not only does he speak prophetically in his word about future events, he can speak through you. There's a gift called the gift of prophecy that you can pray for and ask for, where you could tell somebody something about their life that the Lord gives you. You talk about making somebody believe. 
Amen? You know, when I'm driving up here to church back and forth on the freeway, I just say, God, you're so amazing. Because I look at all these buildings. I look at all this construction that's happening. I look at all these apartments and all, this, all these new things. And right across the street right here, they're doing about to do something huge. I don't know what it is, but they're, they got all these pipes out there. And you remember five or six years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, when we moved out to this building, we were moving ahead of all the growth of Denton. And so every time I drive by, it's not for me to go, oh, you're so good. It's that God would speak to us a prophetic word that would come to pass. Amen? Something that we could say, you could say something to somebody that, that maybe if you say, wake up in the morning and say, Lord, let me meet someone today that I can witness to. Let me meet someone today that I can share their, my faith with. And maybe as you're talking to them, if you take the time to talk, they might, he might give you a word about their life. Yesterday I was at Sam's Club and I was wearing some shoes that, that David Tyru gave me. There were some Jordans. And this lady, this young lady, she said, oh, I like your shoes. I said, thank you. And I walked through the store to grab a couple things. And as I was coming back, God said, go back and witness to her. And I had the perfect clothes on. I had my Jesus Save shirt on the back. And I had Jordans. And, sh- and so I, I related to her and I walked back up to her. And of course, when I went back to go witness to her, everybody and their mama was coming into the store. She was the one checking the cards. So I waited till everybody went in. Not because I'm embarrassed, because I wanted her to listen to me. And I said, you said you like my shoes, right? She says, yeah, they're so cool. I said, they were a gift. I said, someone gave them to me. And I said, look at the back of my shirt. What does it say? She said, Jesus saves. I said, just like someone gave me these shoes, Jesus can give you salvation if you'll just believe it's free. It's a gift. Jesus loves you. And she just lit up. I didn't have a chance to lead her to the Lord right there. But how many know we can witness to someone tomorrow? God can use what you're wearing. God can use what's in your hand. God can use you if you just make yourself available. Because I believe he wants you to meet someone tomorrow that needs to hear the gospel. I believe someone tomorrow needs a Jesus card from you. Someone tonight on the way home at the gas station or the supermarket, there's, there's a prophetic plan from God. You're supposed to intersect with them. How many times, and I want you to be honest with me, even recently have you ran into someone, met someone, talked to someone, and you knew in your heart you're supposed to say something, but you didn't. Help me be honest. See? Look around. All the time. Let's do it. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be ashamed. It doesn't have to be a long time. You don't have to preach to them. Tell them something simple. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. Jesus saves. Amen? Amen. We're going to open up these altars right before we do. Let's say a prayer for those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe in you and what you did on the cross. And because of what you did on the cross, I can go to heaven. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me clean. Change me. And please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm going to live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. As we open. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.